Oh, sure. We're not worthy. Um, <laughs> sorry. And then, as Daniel shared, next week we will look at baptism of the Holy Spirit. So let's pray, and then you're off. Father, we just thank you for your hundred. We thank you for this word that you've placed in his heart this morning as he shares about you, Holy Spirit. I pray, would you presence yourself with us? Would you fill him, and would the seeds that are sown take root in our hearts and bear incredible fruit that our lives would be changed and this community and this, and this nation would know who you are, Father. We bless you and give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, good morning, everyone. So I am a teacher, so that's why every time he jokes when I'm greeting, because in South Africa, that's the way that I grew up. And so obviously, I need to teach my kids some of my ways, so they do the same thing. Do you still hear me? All right. All right, let me just get myself sorted here. One second. All right, just so quickly before uh, we get started, I also just want to share a quick testimony of just what um, God's been doing um, in our life. Um, over the last seven years, many of you probably know the story, so I'm not going to go into details, but we have been walking a road of um, infertility and um, many, many things that had happened. And um, about a year and a half almost ago, um, we, uh, at 23 weeks, uh, premature labor, we lost our kids, which had spiraled a whole bunch of stuff um, in our lives um, but I get to stand here today because of his goodness and his grace and his mercy. And so at the end of last year, we were finding ourselves in a place where we said, you know, God, in our mind, you know, time is ticking on. Where to next? What now? I mean, it's a year and a half later and we believe that you can do anything. But we want to know from our side, what should we do? And so we consulted again a doctor and... Um, Eventually, this doctor said, well, I'm going to try and see if I can, uh, from my side, get you guys a procedure covered by the medical aid. And so it was back and forth and back and forth. And this week, Tuesday, uh, Meralda went for a procedure called, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, a laparoscopy, which basically means that they um, go in and to see how the ovaries and how all the parts are. And we got a good report. Nothing um, else except for cysts, which were removed. And so thus, Meralda still loves me as much. She's just not here today because she's recovering and she sends her love. And so just all honor and praise be to God. We don't need to pay a cent for it and um, for, a, for a good report. And so now, yeah. And so if you've been joining us for the last couple of weeks, as Ray mentioned, we've been talking about the gifts and um, I don't know about you, but ever since we started talking about it, there's just been something new that has just been stirred up in me. And um, I think as I was preparing for this week, I was sharing with Dan earlier and with Nikki, it's just, I find myself in this place where I'm asking God what he wants to say to me. And then God's like, oh, look at the flowers. Look at the, and I'm like, God, like, I really, I know I'm going to use this scripture. And then God's like, oh, I love you. Just come here. It's like, oh. So I have prepared. I have a lot of notes. We can still be here till tomorrow morning at five if we have to. But I'm going to try and use discernment with where I need to skim and where I'm going to have to go over. And so what I felt was, is just God saying, he wants me to go slow. To maybe repeat and just give 
an opportunity for it to sink in and for us to respond. And so after the message, I'd ask the <clears throat> Shannon to just tinkle something on the piano and we'll give it 10 to 15 minutes just sitting with this word, let it sink in and asking him what he wants to come and do. So just quickly to go back, I'll start reading from 1 Corinthians 12, verses 8 till 11. So 1 Corinthians 12, verses 8 to 11. It says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, by the one Spirit, sorry, verse 10, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But the one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, as he wills. And so that's what I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to be talking about who he is, what he does, and why we cannot do anything without him. Now, that last part, distributing to each one individually, just as he wills, a couple of years ago, I was reading that, and I was like, oh man, like, God, why? Like, look at what this guy is doing. That's kind of cool, you know, healing people, this guy's prof- prophesying, you know, and so there was, there was kind of like an envy to it. And then I, then I came to a realization that because it's according to his will, then it also means that the gifts is purpose for you and me to flow in his will, what he has given us, and so that we can then encourage others. And so the point that I'm trying to make is that this gift is not yours. It's not for you, sorry, but it's to share the Holy Spirit to those that don't know him yet. And so you see, yes, it, it, is, it is us growing in it. That's our responsibility. But at the end of the day, it's more for those around us. And so it's from God. It's a gift for free to glorify not people, but to glorify God. And so we all come from different backgrounds. If you grew up in a way similar to mine, the Holy Spirit was kind of just somewhere mentioned. And then I think I went to university and I met up a bunch of guys that already understood who and what the Holy Spirit is. And we're talking all these things. And I said, whoa, this is too much for me. They're like, yeah, you need to come next weekend. We're going to do this and this and this. And I was just like, nope, nope. Like, I, I don't get this. And so I want to say, if, if you're here this morning and you get it or you think you get it and you know you get it, the power of the Spirit is that every time I hear the same thing, he does something new. That's because the Word is alive. And that means we can sit with one scripture for the rest of our life and read it over and over and over. It's not going to change the meaning, but it will impact us in a different way. And so I want to talk about why we need him. And so many times when talking about the Holy Spirit, there's a negative connotation to it. There's, you know, Hollywood that portrays ghosts and all these things. And when we hear Holy Spirit, then we sometimes lean a little bit more that way. But that is obviously not who he is. The Holy Spirit is God. And the person who is most neglected in the church. I'll give you three points why I believe this is so. And we'll look at it when we get to the scriptures just now. 
it's because the Holy Spirit doesn't talk about himself. He talks about Jesus. And if you know who Jesus talks about, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so that is the way how they are called the Trinity. I don't, get, I don't understand it. I cannot give you an explanation of how the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. But I can give you a try. I heard the analogy. It says it's like an apple. You have the skin around it. You have the fleshy part that you eat and the purple, the seed in the middle. All make up the apple. Another analogy is water. Right? We get water in three different forms. It is the liquid. It is ice. And it's gas. And so this is as close as what we understand that they are all intertwined, but yet distinctly different. And so before I continue, I just feel to just pray, because we all have had different experiences, good or bad. And really this morning, just a sense that if there's things that need to be broken down of what we have clung to or cling on to about who he is, that with his word, which is the power he will come and break those things down and so that we can walk in knowledge of who he really is so that us, we can be transformed and so that we can be empowered to also share that to people around us. And so if you would pray with me, Father, just thank you that we can share your word this morning. Holy Spirit, as we're going to be talking about you, I just pray, would you come and saturate us? I pray, would your word come in power to just come and change mindsets, maybe words, maybe things that we have heard, maybe things that we have experienced that's not from you, and that we would walk away with the knowledge and the truth of which is you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that we can know you. Thank you that you are here with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so just quickly, I forgot, I said there's three points, right, of the Holy Spirit being neglected. The other important part is that we know about the Father, and we know that the Father sent the Son. So we know that Jesus was here alive on earth in flesh. But the Spirit, we sometimes have an impersonal connection to Him. But at the end of the day, you and I, when we pass on one day, our fleshly bodies will die, but our spirits will be alive and be raised up with Him. And so how I'm going to do this today is we're going to look through... Um, the portions in John, and I'm going to read through all of them, and then I'm going to make some comments and some things along the way, and then we will continue from there on. So you can turn to the book of John 14, and the first portion that we're going to read is verses 16 to 27. If you can go to that one, Nikki. So I have it up there, but I know that uh, it might not be that clear. So if you have your Bible, even better. Well, you should have your Bible, so you should turn there, or your devices, or whatever. All right. So I'll be reading from the NASB, starting from verses 16 in John 14. This is Jesus. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another. I've always wanted to do this. Say another. Helper. Say a helper. So that he may be with you forever. The helper, say the helper, is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he remains with you and will be 
in you. Then verse 18, and this is just in terms of understanding the context. I will not leave you as orphans. I'm coming to you. After a little while, the world will no longer is, wait, hold on. The world no longer is going to see me, but you are going to see me because I live, you also live. Because I live, you also live. Verse 20, on that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. The one who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, and the one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will reveal myself to him. Um, I'm just going to skip over from verse 22 over to verse 25. These things, in verse 25, I have spoken to you while remaining with you. But the Helper, say the Helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you all that I had said to you. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled nor fearful. I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but in that portion of scripture, I was just, I've read this so many times, and one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace. And I was just making this connection in, well, the Holy Spirit, my peace I leave you. And I was just like, wow. Anyway, sorry. John 15, verses 26. When the Helper, say the Helper, comes, who I will send to you from my Father, namely the Spirit of Truth, who comes from the Father, he will testify about me. And you are testifying as well. Because you have been with me from the beginning. I'm starting to pick up some of the things that Jesus is saying who the helper will be and what he will enable us to do. And the last portion, John 16, verses 5 till 15. John 16, verse 5. But now I'm going to him who sends me, or who sent me, and none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, grief has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I'm leaving. For if I do not leave, the helper, say the helper, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world regarding sin and righteousness and judgment. Regarding sin, because they do not believe in me. And regarding righteousness, because I'm going to the Father and you no longer are going to see me. Regarding judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. Amen. Verse 12. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them at the present time. But when he comes, the spirit of truth, say the spirit of truth. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, or he will take from mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. This is why I said that he takes from mine and will disclose it to you. Now there's many portions of scripture that we see that continues to talk about some of the things that the Spirit does in me and you and around us. But John 14, these verses, John 15 and John 16, is what Jesus had shared about what the Holy Spirit's job is while he is here with us. If you go quickly to the next one, I think it's the next one. Yep. So just quickly to, to rephrase or just take some parts out um, that stood out to me. The first point is in John 14, 16 to 17. It says, 
another advocate. Another advocate meaning, implying, there's already one. Jesus. In 1 John 2 it says, Jesus is the first advocate. He sends us the second advocate. He says, he will never leave you. He will lead you into truth. Say truth. Second point, John 14 verse 26. The Father sends as Jesus rep- as Jesus is rep- mm. the father sends as Jesus representative to teach everything and remind of everything Jesus told can you start seeing why it's to our advantage that Jesus went the third point the advocate spirit of truth say truth come from the father testifying all about Jesus Fourth point, in John 16, 7, he convicts the world of its sin. And then the last point, the spirit of truth will guide you into truth. Say truth. Not to speak on his own, but to tell what was heard. He will tell you about the future and all he receives from Jesus. And so, the point is, spending time with And getting to know the Holy Spirit is going to show you Jesus. And so how do we know 2,000 plus years later that the word is still truth? Because of the Spirit testifying about it. About the Spirit of truth that empowers us, as we will see in just a little bit, to continue to hold on to the truth. And so another way to say this is, that this word, Holy Spirit, I'm going to try parakletos, called alongside or advocate. What that basically means is that the Holy Spirit is permanently called and purposed to be close to us, to be alongside us, to counsel us, and to guide us. Into what? Into the knowledge of Jesus. And so this is just a side note, but I just thought being somewhat of a nerd sometimes and reading a bunch of extra stuff, um, someone is saying, well, technically, if someone comes to you and they say, well, the Holy Spirit, it's like, it's Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit shows you too, Jesus. Anyway, just thinking out loud. And so another way to put it is to say that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is God's active presence in the world. So going back to Genesis 2 is the first time, Genesis 1 verse 2 is where the first time where we read about the Spirit. He was part of creation. So he's been there all this time. It's not like he was just somewhere around while, you know, a bunch of things were happening. Throughout the Old Testament, we see that the Spirit was put on people for a certain purpose or a certain plan that God had. And then when Jesus died and was resurrected, he left us the Holy Spirit so that we can fulfill and so that we can walk in truth. Meralda and I, we have been married almost nine years now in April. And um, over these years, you know, you... You, you start to know the other person so well that if I'm thinking about something that we're going to eat tonight, I, I can kind of guess where it's going. I still get it wrong sometimes because she has top two and then when you mention she's like, mm-hmm. so I do get it wrong still. 
But if she were to walk into this room, I can be busy talking to any person around. As soon as she opens her mouth, I know that is my wife. Doesn't matter how many noise there are, I know her. And so the challenge I have or the charge I have for you today is we need to know the Holy Spirit. We need to know what he's like. We need to know when he speaks because that in those moments are what's going to transform our lives and also those around us. A few experiences that I have is um, I was one day, we were still living in South Africa and uh, I was just minding my own business. I was just doing a whole bunch of stuff in the house and whatever and um, I was on my way to go take a shower. Maybe I came from the gym, I don't know. And the next moment, like, my whole body just had the shot of, like, electricity. And I just had the sense of awe come over myself. And I thought about my parents. And I just said, oh, God, please. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. But please, just your hand of protection over my parents. Half an hour later, my parents call me. And they say, man, like, we don't know how we survived. But we passed the truck. My dad's a little bit older. He's going to probably, if he hears this, not be impressed with me. But he doesn't see well at night. And so, uh, but fear for driving. And um, somehow, either, I don't know what happened. The point is they got stuck into two trucks. There was like marks on the side of the car. How they survived it. He just said it's, it's an absolute miracle. And you see, sometimes the Holy Spirit nudges us with these things, right? And so last week, I said that the biggest thief of our time is busyness and distractions. And, you know, in those moments, if we are busy and caught up with stuff, we miss it, right? And so we want to be sensitive to his word. Because like I said before, the gifts, yes, is through us, but it's for other people. And so one guy said it this way. He said, you go to the store, you see a lady there in the aisle getting the ketchup, and you think of something. Now, do I go to her? Do I not go to her? I don't know this lady. Well, obviously... If you don't know this lady, you're probably not going to go and say, God told me, because you don't know the background of this lady. She, so maybe we need to be growing a little bit more sensitive and saying, hey, listen, like, I just had this random thought. Like, what do you think about? And there's two things that can happen. Either the lady's going to be like, <laughs> or this lady's just going to stand there and she's like, You see, that's what transformed my life. I was a university student, one foot in the world, one foot in the church, never really got it. And then I was walking, minding my business on campus, going into the library to go and study. And uh, a guy came over and he said, man, I just had the sense. God was saying, you, you, pr- you prayed last night and you asked him for a sign. And I was just like, Someone had punched me in the guts, you know. And that was all I needed. Didn't mean my life was perfect or whatever. We will never be perfect. Still made lots of mistakes and a lot of apologies to God. But the point is, that is what ultimately put me to just fall completely in love with him. And so you see, we don't always get to figure this out. We don't always get to know the end. But we get to play sometimes simple minute that has massive impact on other people's lives. 
I mean, it says it's to your advantage. I heard someone say, if the Bible says, plant a tree in your yard and go climb it, I'm going to probably go and do that because I want to be close to him. Now, if Jesus says it's to your advantage, then it surely means that we have something that we need to discover. When it says that he helps, when it says spirit of truth, it means I can have a situation and my response could be, Holy Spirit, I don't know. We have access, but you see the enemy comes and the enemy floods us with all these things that we get so caught up sometimes in the moments. And don't get me wrong, I've got been caught up many times before because it's a natural thing for us to do. But our response should be, I don't know what to do now. And from my experience, like this week, God, I need to prepare a message. Come sit here. Come sit here. God, I, I really, I just, God's silent. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's like a grandfather, you know. You go to him. Hey, granddad, I want to ask you a question. Oh, man, look at this. This is the tree your dad and I, you know, your dad fell so many times from this tree. You know, grandpa, but I have a question. Hey, you see that thing over there? And all grandpa wants to do is he wants to spend time with you. He loves it. You're here. Man, grandpa, my question. No, no, no. Stay here with me. It might not change your circumstance. It will most definitely change your view. It will most definitely change you. So just a few things, I mean, I have a lot of scripture that I can go to, but just thought I'll, I'll mention a few things in terms of the Spirit, mentions of the Spirit. I don't have it here, but I'm reminded of, you know, when Jesus, and I'm not going to purposefully go there, Dan, because I know you're talking about baptism, but when Jesus was baptized, it said that the Spirit descended like a dove. Not the Spirit is a dove, it was just in terms of function what they saw and the point is after that jesus moved in power and we'll see that in just a moment or well i can probably go there in acts 1 8 it says you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you you shall be my witnesses to both jerusalem and judea samaria as far as remote parts of the earth now that word power many scholars have different um, takes on it it takes a lot of us to go to another person when we send something. But when we speak those words, we give the Holy Spirit the key to unlock something in the other person. That is the power. When you use those words, that is the power that moves. Am I saying that there's no power in when we're praying for healing? Of course not. But what I'm saying is this power is when you go to a person and you talk about the things that I have placed in your heart to them, that's when he will move in power. Because you see, you and me, I can stand here and I can use a thousand words. If the spirit doesn't move and it's not his words, that's all that it's going to be. You can read the Bible, it's words on a page, but when the spirit brings it alive, then it changes and transforms us. So what am I saying? In your time reading the Bible, I need to understand this. Help me to get it and don't be surprised when you're asking about he says oh yeah you remember the other day that's just how he works it's a mystery 
but that mystery is sweet and it keeps on drawing us in more and more and more. And so that means I'm walking in a different, or a, um, how do I put this, a different knowledge tomorrow than yesterday of what Jesus is continuing to do in my life. One of the things of the Spirit is where Nicodemus, in John 3, verses 1 to 8, where Jesus tells him the Spirit um, causes you to be born again. You and I, when we get to the knowledge of Jesus, that is when that happens. You and I cannot go to Jesus without the Spirit. Romans 8, maybe a good book to go and read after the service or somewhere in your time, 19 different mentions about the Spirit. One of them being that because of the Spirit in you, you can put to death the flesh, the deeds, the sins that want to rise up in us and through us. But the Spirit is the one that puts those things to death. In John 6 verse 63 it says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh provides no benefit. The words that I have spoken to you are Spirit and our life. And so Jesus' body was, our bodies will pass, but our spirits are what are alive. And then also, that's quite cool in, in Mark 13, um, I didn't get the reference for the other um, Gospels, but it says, when you are persecuted, do not worry about what to say in that hour, for by the Spirit... It will be given to you. So in some sense saying, well, I'm not saying you shouldn't be prepared. But it's just like, when it comes, rely on me. Not if, when. So you find that in, in Mark 13 verses 9 to 11. Sorry, just paraphrasing. And then the last point that I want to make in Philippians 2 verses 13. Sorry, I don't have the references up there. For it is God who is at work in you, and I like this, both to desire and to work for his good pleasure. And so you see, if we understand this right, it means the Spirit is the one that enables us to have access to him. And when we rely on the Spirit, he is the one that does the work in us so that we can please him. So, if you reverse it, without the Spirit, you can't please him. So that means I can do things on my initiative and the Spirit cannot be in it. And that's sometimes where people fumble and I think where sometimes things happen because we walk away from what he's busy doing. But then we can repent and then we can apologize and we fix it. Interesting, just, you've probably heard people say this before, the unforgivable sin in Mark 3, you find it, verse 29, says, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. And depending on how you've read it, you can probably have different meanings to it. But I was just struck with the profoundness that God sent his son, the son died, rose again, that spirit that was in him, he released for us to have access to. And that is the very thing that he says, listen, you cannot deny for the rest of your life. The difference is with 
and if I get this right, this is not one time I have a little bit of lack of faith. This is not one time I make a mistake and I repent. This is a lifetime of saying, no way, Jose. This is not it. And so, if you remember what I said earlier, knowing the Holy Spirit means knowing Jesus. Knowing Jesus means know the Father. So, if I deny the Holy Spirit, I'm basically denying everything. I'll just read what it says here. It says, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit does not mean having doubts about if a particular church practices are truly biblical. It doesn't mean harboring a spontaneous disrespectful thought. It doesn't mean struggling with sin after salvation. It doesn't even mean blurting out blasphemous statements against the Holy Spirit. It means a steady rejection of the convicting and sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit throughout an entire lifetime, a persistence to rejection. And I think that's very important to understand. Because one day I can drive on the highway and lose my mind. And then I can say, Lord, the Holy Spirit convicting me. I shouldn't have done that. And we can fix it. Maybe. But what we do, actions also have consequences, right? So there's also that part. Anyway. So I've said a lot. And if this is new, the first thing I want to say is to not be overwhelmed because the Holy Spirit, if I want to put it this way, if there's one person in this place unsure about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's not going to force him on anyone. In fact, it says in the Bible that he will leave the one for the 99. So if I take that and apply it to this, I'm saying, well, the Holy Spirit is going to be gentle because he's a gentleman. He's a person, and he wants to show you how much he loves you, how much Jesus loves you, and the plans that God has for you. And so, Shannon, if you want to come. So while Shannon's getting ready, Nick, if you quickly go to the next two slides, because I don't have it with me. Alright, so this is just for your reference. I'm not going to go through them. Um, we can also share these slides possibly on the, on the chat. There's just places where you can find various um, places mentioned about the Holy Spirit in terms of His attributes. Meaning that He's not just this energy, this entity that's just floating somewhere in the sky. And this is just some, some verbs that describe what he does who he is I'm sorry I don't have the text reference but I was just thinking it would be quite cool to know he reveals he leads, he empowers, he fills he teaches, he speaks he transforms he confesses Jesus will you go to the next one Nikki? 
not going to go through all the fruits. But when we do, when we walk with Him, we have these fruits in our life. We have love. He's a spirit of love. We have joy. We have peace. We have patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. doesn't mean I never, ever get it wrong again. Of course not. But it means when He is active in my life, I can go through storms of high waves, but I can trust in Him. I can rely on Him. And so this morning, as Shannon is going to play, you're welcome. I asked her to play for about 10 to 15 minutes because I believe in terms of the words of Luke 11, the how is for everyone who asks, for everyone who seeks, for everyone who knocks. This is in Luke 11 verses 9 to 13. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. And in verse 13 it says, So if you, despite being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And so what does that look like in my everyday life? How does this look like now? Holy Spirit, I want to know you. Holy Spirit, what do you think about? Holy Spirit, tell me. What do you think about me? What do you think about this person? Holy Spirit, this doesn't make sense to me. Can you explain it to me? And then we wait. Because you see, we are too quick to want to move on. And then we wait. And we ask Him. And sometimes 10 minutes go by, nothing happens. But two hours later, you're driving in the car and boom. So just engage with him this morning, asking him. He knows you. He has a plan for you. He wants to show you Jesus. So in about 10 minutes, I'll pray. If you have to leave, you can just quietly get out, get up. And I mean, move out if you have to. Sorry, that came out the wrong way. Not get out. close our eyes and just ask him to come.
Space. Have a blessed, blessed Friday.